We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Early in free agent, thought we'd hear from Veach. Landed Reed and Juju and we traded off Tyreek. And got to find some CBs and dudes that can't play zone. And got to find some DL cause our pass rush all gone. But we've got some draft picks. Lots of them are high. And we've got a QB that's a mother riot what's do, up do, everybody do, 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 do. <laughs> 21 <laughs> questions kcsn's q a question and answer show i had to lead off for this but my good pal i'm craig stout my good pal kent swanson is our host today kent my friend how are you doing today so here's a fun thing uh i don't listen to any kcsn <laughs> podcast ever no i I don't really listen to 21 questions, but like I've been hearing this this rumor, like Craig sings. And I'm like, Craig sings? What? And so I finally listened back a couple weeks ago and heard one of them. I can't remember what the parody was. This is was my first experience. This is my first experience getting to listen to Craig like live do this. And it's everything I've ever wanted ever. I have a new ringtone. <laughs> I am just so happy. Like you, how long did it take you to write that? Um, you remember before the the previous podcast that we recorded tonight when you were asking what <laughs> what, what I was doing? Two? Yeah, the thirty <laughs> seconds that that was happening. That's that's about what that was. So me and yeah. Craig were, or me and Maddie were sitting there trying to talk ourselves into George Karloftis for like fifteen minutes, and Craig's literally over there, like just staring off into the like abyss. Just apparently, he was writing this song. <laughs> just saying. The defensive back part about playing zone or whatever just killed me. I just hey, lost man. it. <laughs> this is great. So we have a bunch of questions that you guys answered. Uh, it's uh, from the uh, the KCSN Discord. It's one of the benefits of being a KCSN subscriber. If you're not, you should take advantage of it. You actually can take advantage of it with the KCSN Draft Guide too. $12.99, you get uh, the KCSN Draft Guide, which releases on April 6th, which is Wednesday. You get a month of the uh, of KC Sports Network, which also gets you access to the KCSN Discord, where all these questions are being asked. And we have some incredible pals in there. We just they, they ask great questions all the time. So we're going to get right into it. Well, wait, hold and, on. Uh, I I have a a question for you. Oh no, when is Mustache Day? Well, what what's oh, happening here? 
we what we need are, to are you guys not to, doing it this year we need to i need to i'm not doing a good job of organizing life right now oh, uh, fine, <laughs> yeah i, I, I mean gonna, I, like, I thought i was teasing something here that was unprompted i i wish i need to <laughs> i need to i need to organize that because like we had the conversation this week like i think everybody's in to do mustache week again i just i i'm just all over the place right now and I mean, day job and stuff. I, I'm not going to be on the show next week, nope. like any shows next week. Nope. So uh, that's why the we're adults doing are it, gone. Right? Maddie and I are just going to run this thing ragged. It's going to be great. You guys are going to like. Here's the thing: you guys are going to start the live show on Monday, and then I'm going to come back on Friday afternoon, and y'all are still going to be going on the Monday live show. <laughs> highly possible. Very highly like, possible. Like when BJ opened up KCSN 24/7. He didn't mean you guys. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So I'm just, you know, you can take a break here or there, Craig. I'm just saying. Yeah. We just have uh, to talk about. <laughs> you guys, yeah, but it's like, we, I know this is like kind of inside baseball. We always start, like, we always have a plan. We always feel like we need a lot, like, you know, to cover, like, you know, 40 minutes of subjects. <laughs> and we wind up getting through, like, the first thing we wanted to talk about in 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, so you guys are going to have a good time talking for like three hours. It's going to be great. All right. First question. Nick Deal asks, if you had to place a bet right now, who do you think Casey's three corners starting cornerbacks are this season? Mm, man, that's a hell of a question. Uh, Legereus Need. I, I think that's the easy one. I'm going to go with Rashad Fenton. And then I'm gonna say let's let's call it Stefan Gilmore. I I think this uh, dance with James Bradbury is trying to get Stefan Gilmore to you know get in. You know, basically say, man, we we're ready to move on without you. I think it'll be those three. I think they'll draft a guy, but I think if they add Gilmore, they're probably gonna go with a little bit more of a developmental guy and try yeah. and get a guy that's ready to go next year. How about yeah, you? Like day three. Who, who you day two? No, I think that's I think that's the move. Like I think you know something like that that makes my sense. Like James Bradbury, you can. I I think Gilmore makes a lot of sense. Um, I yeah, I think you're probably not going cornerback day one with that group. Uh, you're probably looking at maybe you might last pick a day three. You might even be able to get cute and get to one twenty one, uh, which is one of those Tyree kill picks. I mean, this team has done it before. I just I remember. <laughs> do you remember when Lejarius Sneed was picked and? I just remember the line that Steve Spagnuolo gave because they took him at like the very end of round four. Steve Spagnuolo was like, yeah, number one guy. You're a number one guy. Like they would have taken him if he had been there at at, at the first pick of round four is basically what Steve Spagnuolo said. I found that, you know, yeah, 121, you can maybe find some value there because they found Steve Spagnuolo moves on. Who do you want to be defensive coordinator so that you can keep your impressions going? (laughs) Ooh, um, well, Todd Bowles so, just got a head coaching yeah, he's job, head coach but like now, pissed so. off Todd Bowles is amazing. He is. Yeah. It's just kind of like he's like trying not to, he's trying to keep it together. Like he's really calm. He's just like, yeah. Uh, Shade asks, what is your ideal wide receiver tar- trade target uh, or realistic and or dream? So would you rather trade a first for uh, Scary Terry or a mid round for LaVisca Chenault? Um, ooh, uh, so we actually literally just like talked about these exact scenarios on the KC laboratory. Um, I don't really, I, I'm not big on trading a ton of capital. I think for a veteran receiver, like I don't want to go too crazy. In fact, me and Craig aligned very well 
we both kind of like the idea of just going and grabbing like LaVisca Chenault, right, Craig? Mm-hmm. Yeah, grab LaVisca Chenault and then turn around Christian Watson at 50. Um, mm. Maybe. You know, I don't think he's going to be there at 50. I'll just say I that. don't think he's probably going to be there at 50, but I think somebody will fall in that case. Sky Moore, maybe at 50 if that's the case you basically try and get one of those guys if you have to wait into the later parts of day three maybe a a calvin austin uh you know there's a a few guys that make some sense that aren't necessarily in the physical mold but guys that you could add to the equation knowing that you've got lavisca chenault there again kind of like the cornerback room you're you're insulating and you're not having to go get a guy you're letting the board fall to you rather than you know forcing a move to try and get a guy that can start day one all right so brandon w asks if the chiefs trade up for an edge trade up for an edge now mm-hmm. would you want them to double dip at the position so if so what round and who would you target for that second inch so if the chiefs trade up and go get an edge i think that changes my plans i want to hear from you first though I am I'm picking Michael Clemens in round four. Period. Uh, he's been he's been my dude since you know last year since I watched him destroy Alex Leatherwood. I think he play he's got the length and the power. Doesn't have a whole lot of athleticism, but he wins you know pretty quickly through the tackle. Wins with power. Has good enough hand technique. Is not a bendy guy. Very very stiff. But that's why he's going to be available in round four. And as a secondary pass rusher, and for this season, if you're trading up for a guy, he's like your fourth pass rusher, probably. So he's a guy that could come in, get rotational snaps, and a guy that you could maybe lean on opposite your premium guy, you know, kind of in 2023 and beyond. I'm not double dipping with any tangible asset if I'm trading up. So if I'm going up and getting Jermaine Johnson, I'm going and moving up. My my double dip, quote unquote, is going to be a seventh round pick. You know, it's not going to be something super sizable. It's going to be a day three selection. I'm not going to. I don't know if it's going to be as early as four. Honestly, put I a name it on it. Be... Is it Jeffrey Gunter? It'd be fun. It'd be a Jeff fun Gunter's. Guy. I think Jeff. If you if you want Jeff Gunter if, if, with the Chiefs draft capital, you got to take him in round four. I think so too. Um, I mean, we have him very high. I think I don't know if we're as I think we might be higher on the consensus. Jeffrey Gunter's top 100 for us in the KCSN draft guide. I'll just say that that's not a bad one. Um, like Dominique Robinson, I we're pretty high on him, but I think you got to go round four for him. Uh, and he's a little bit more of a he's a he's a project. Like mm-hmm. he's a project, and he may never be a guy that can hold up to the run to the same standards that C Spagnuolo likes. But he's got the frame and the unique profile and all that kind oh, of stuff so he makes a lot of sense along with like uh you know last year's pick you know you have you have yeah. developmental guys like you really I, do and just keep taking those swings until you hit on one because when i think you hit those on are, one, I it's think, gonna hit yeah i think those are for or i think those are those are round four investments if the chiefs are gonna make them though um mm-hmm. and so i'm i'm more like if i'm trading a bunch of capital to go get like jermaine johnson we'll say jermaine johnson i'm probably not gonna go and grab another pick until like round seven and go find some edge mm-hmm. um okay so tojo 144 which position group in the front office looking to address and fans are not giving it enough attention is the front oh. office looking to address i it it's tight end uh i think it's very clearly mm-hmm. tight end i i think People look at the tight end group and they say, you got four guys that that's that's pretty good. Travis Kelsey's going to be around here forever. Every year, 
they sniff around the tight ends. We hear it. We see it when we're at the Senior Bowl or at the Shrine Gate. We see these sorts of things happening every single year. They're constantly looking for tight ends. I fully believe that they're looking for tight ends again this year, just trying to upgrade the room. All right, strongest Avenger 14. Would you be excited about trading for Caleb on Chase on? What would it take? And what do you think about him coming out? So uh, if I remember correctly, Craig, I believe Caleb on Chase on really didn't hit the Steve Spagnuolo thresholds. I'm going to go back up and he look, didn't. but like he's a, de- he's a departure from what the Chiefs have typically tried to grab at the edge position when it comes to um, you know, when it comes to the guys that they've actually invested in pretty consistently. So I'd be a little bit surprised. I am like, if I'm looking at some of his modern, like his more updated measurements, it looks like he's a little bit thicker now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's, I'm seeing 6'3", 254 pounds, which is like kind of pretty close to that line on uh, on on what he's, you know, like what what, what Spagnolo likes. But yeah, I'd be pretty surprised. Like, I don't know if he's great against the run anyway. So that even from a measurement perspective, that's not that's not something that really fits either. No, he's got he's got length. So I mean that that at least works and he's a fluid guy but does not play with power, does not set an edge. Um you don't necessarily want him kind of rushing from the inside, you know, if if a motion kicks him to more of a four eye or a five, that's not going to be where he's going to win. He's not at its best. I mean, I I was a primary grader on him when he came out. One of the things that I noted was that Jerry Judy blocked him in the open field and it stuck. Like, that's not good. So you don't want him. And it's really worked out in a way that, you know, the Jags probably aren't super happy with some of the ways that he's held up against the run. You're hoping at that point, if you get a guy like Chase on, he's mostly just a pass rush specialist. We compared him to Jeremiah Ateochu. There you go. From a physical perspective, the Chiefs did have him in camp, and he was, uh, I think he actually made the initial 53 and then got cut immediately, uh, if I remember a couple years ago. Uh, Drew Clark, what current Chiefs player would you like to have a Holmes or Kelsey? Ooh, Travis. I'm Travis Kelsey. You, like, can't, listen, you can't answer Mahomes or Kelsey. That's what oh, this says. You, you can't, can't answer, Mahomes, answer or Mahomes or Kelsey. Sorry, I oh. didn't hear that. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. It's got to be an offensive lineman. Uh, let's go with let's go with Creed Humphrey. No, Trey Smith. Let's make it Trey Smith. I, I'm going Trey Smith. I think he's probably going to show up with a cowboy hat on, and he's probably going to drink me under the table. So that'd be, that, he'd be fun. I Orlando Brown would be a wild adventure. I have a feeling that guy, that guy, I would be very fascinated to hang out with Orlando Brown jr. And like, I mean, that's just a massive human, like just, you know, seeing a single can in his hand, probably just, you know, it's not like this, you know, this like is... Andre the giant. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And they bother on the peanut. <laughs> <laughs> Zane is Tuttle my job fit. in this in this episode is just to set you up for for your impression? <laughs> I guess so. Just I don't like mention it. Eric Bieniemy's name. <laughs> I might do a good job. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Trey Smith, Z Total Fifteen. Is there anyone this year that could be a Trey Smith and fall exponentially yet have great value? Um, I don't know if there's really any off the top of my head that are quite like that at this point. And there might be some guys that you start seeing fall because of some medical concerns here, but there's no one as pronounced as the Trey Smith one. 
that one was a pretty unique situation. And honestly, when I hear back some stuff about that situation, when, when you ask some people, it doesn't seem like the medical conditions that were as public facing are, were really a concern. Like with that's what's so interesting about the Trey Smith situation. Cause like some teams very, some teams cleared him. They weren't concerned at all about it. And like, I heard more comments about like his knee at one point when I was asking about it. So it's just like, it's interesting um that that whole thing that whole scenario the chiefs obviously had a very good beat on the medicals i can't think of any anyone as defined as that though craig Mm-mm. no i got i got nobody justin ross is the closest but he's kind of testing already so i think everybody has he's testing out of it idea. yeah yeah i don't think the receivers with the acls are going to be at a discount Mm-mm. <laughs> so i mean uh, J- J- james williams is out here doing drills already two months after tearing an acl he He's going high, guys. And I think George Pickens is gone before the Chiefs pick at 30. Uh, that's a guy, though. KCJP, how early should the Chiefs consider drafting non-premium positions that could be future needs like tight end, safety, linebacker, and running back? Oh, man. Uh, safety? High. I, I think that the way that Spagnuolo utilizes his safety and with Juan Thornhill being out of contract next year and you know, the three safety looks. like I, I think that safety is one of those that's going to go pretty high. I would not be surprised to see them invest in tight end in the second round, late in the second round. I think that there's a sweet spot there. We kind of talked about it on the mock draft earlier this this week. That all of a sudden, it was just like, oh, all the tight ends are still there. That feels like a market inefficiency. As far as running back and linebacker go, I think that at this point, you've got guys. And you've got guys that you like, and they're in the building. Obviously, take a guy if it's in day three, and it just happened to fall. But I don't, I don't think that we're going to see them spending any early picks on either of those positions. All right, Bruce in the four asks, uh, is there a local product you'd like the Chiefs to draft or sign as a UGFA? I think I'd take a, tw- a, a, a flyer on Sam Webb out of Missouri Western. He's a guy that we got to see at the East-West Shrine Bowl. Um, length, athleticism. I mean, there's some stuff to work with there. I think he kind of, he, I think he kind of got, I don't want to say he got better as the week got on at the East West Shrine Bowl. He kind of got more accustomed, I think, to the speed of the game a little bit and started to look a little bit better. Um, it was kind of an up and down week, but like physically he fits. And I think he's a guy that you could, you could see get, you know, kind of thrown into the mix there. Uh, Steve Keese asks, do the Chiefs or should the Chiefs add some, go up and get it to the passing game, guys? So it doesn't matter how many defenders are in coverage. Yes, we would like that. I don't know that this team wants to have it. It's the whole chicken and the egg thing. Would Patrick Mahomes use it if it's there? Or is it just something that that's not in his game? That's not something that he wants to do regularly, or at least with guys that he trusts. Yes, it makes perfect sense. There is a hole on this team for guys like that that can go up and get it. You know, contested catch guys are becoming more and more important in the NFL, especially as cornerbacks get faster and everything. Like you said, blanket coverage, get a guy that you still trust to go up and get the ball. I just don't know if Mahomes himself even wants a guy like that, or if he's just looking for guys that can gain a little more natural separation. Yeah. I mean, back shoulder throws is Mahomes made in his career. I mean, at least the one to what's his face. Kelvin Benjamin. (laughs) Benjamin. Yeah. At least the one he threw it. I think he threw one to Byron Pringle. Uh, rail shots too out of cover too. He's, just, he's not really attacking those. 
Clayton F asks, mentioned this in the draft chat, but I wonder if we see a change in philosophy some this draft. To me, it seems we may be shifting some areas in the types of receivers and out of need and possibly moving on from spags, a change in edge type. Do you think that's a possibility, Craig? Uh, no, I don't. I, I think Steve Spagnuolo is, is very ingrained in the way that he does things. Now, if this organization is already eyeing the future and saying, hey, we got some guys that we have lined up after this season, after Steve Spagnuolo is under, you know, out of contract, maybe we can move on and get some guys. Sure. That just doesn't seem like you're equipping Steve Spagnuolo with the right tools to do his job this year. And, I, and if that's the case, why wouldn't you move on? So as long as Spags is here and you're looking for guys like that, I think you're always going to have those types of big guys that can defend the run, that can shift inside. It's just his preference. He's gotten to a whole bunch of Super Bowls, and he makes constant improvements every single year from the start of the season, middle, and on. He wins in January with those types of dudes along the defensive line. I know the pressure's not great or anything like that, but that's where he has success, so I think that he'll continue doing that. David Bradbury asks, who do the Raiders reach in the first round for this season? Well, they don't have a first or second round pick. So they reached for Devontae Adams. Uh, I don't think they're going to be very active. They only got like five picks. I don't think they pick until like the 80s. Yeah, they picked till like 86. So uh, the Raiders saved themselves from themselves. I will say this. It's a new regime. So I don't think it's the same kind of stuff that we've seen with Gruden and Mayock. So, um, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I think this regime might be a, a little bit, uh, a little different this go around. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Um, okay, Azuri Gunner. If someone, if somehow every edge went before the Chiefs pick except for a Jabo, would he be worthy? Would be a worthy pick as the sole edge in the first two rounds? Ooh. I mean, okay. Let's put on this theory hat here. If the Chiefs really are hitting a harder rebuild, harder reset button than we think, David Ojabo makes all the sense in the world. 
That's a guy that you're never going to get that kind of talent without trading up. The Chiefs are constantly going to be near the end of the first round every single year, end of every round every single year. So you're going to have to trade extra assets to get a guy like David Ojabo every single year. Basically, the penance that you pay for David Ojabo being there at 29 is the fact that you're having to redshirt him a year. You still have four years of cost control. You still have the ability to basically sit there and develop him while he's in the room with Frank Clark, while he's in the room with Chris Jones. I would still pull that trigger, fully pull that trigger. Now, I hate the idea of not picking another one in day two because I do think that you need a guy in the rotation that's more of an instant impact. But if you were telling me that they knew Melvin Ingram was coming and Melvin, basically your defensive line from last year is the defensive line that was showing up and you get to de- add David Ojabo as a future piece. Yeah, I'm in. Do you think the Chiefs can win the Super Bowl and take David Ojabo at pick 29? Yeah, I do. Okay. I I, do I don't I don't think that this team is going to be carried by their defense this year. And is that's very frustrating for me to have to say out loud, but I the the holes that they have put on the defense and the choices that they have made to fill them. It appears that they're going to try and fill those through the draft or maybe trading draft capital for young players. We don't know, you know, we still got a month to go before the draft, but as it stands right now, any improvements that they're making to this roster are going to come via young players and maybe not guys that are going to be able to contribute immediately. This isn't going to be, Hey, we've got this stable baseline and we're going to be able to lean on the defense. I think they know that the offense has to be better and has to be able to control everything a little more, play a little more physical, control the ball a little bit more, so passing and running, not not just, you know. Try to dictate how the game's time. played again, finally. Correct, correct. So I can fully see that being the case. I can fully see that being the case because they know the defense is going to be a little bit down this year, but I'm perfectly fine with David Ojabo at 29, knowing that he's not going to be there and they can still contend for the Super Bowl. horizontal game now that we have bigger wide receivers that can block well i don't think i see more um i think this team does a lot of that anyway and so you know i think adding some better blockers maybe makes it a little bit more efficient you know maybe you know mccall and some of those edge runs they found a little bit of success a little bit of heat late mm-hmm. in the game or late in the season with mccall hardman some of that lateral stuff maybe it's a little bit better now that the blockers are out there and i don't want to say i don't think byron pringle and demarcus robinson are bad blockers by the way no they're good but uh they have some decent they have some decent blockers there too now as well with like MVS. Um Bo 2500 with all the draft capital we've acquired is there any reason to think we're still <clears throat> in the running for Stefan Gilmore and or James Bradbury? Bo, my friend, yes because this team doesn't believe in drafting cornerbacks early. So they they still need guys that can come in and that can play. So yes, I do fully believe that they are going to add one of those two. Um and I hope that it's Gilmore, and if it is Bradbury, I hope that the Giants eat some of that contract because paying James yes. Bradbury $13.4 million when you've hit kind of a reset button on that side of the ball just doesn't jive with each other. I know it makes the team better in 2022, but my goodness, that is that is a tough pill to swallow. Uh, Fish asks George Pickens or Christian Watson. It's George Pickens every time for me, and I really like I really I, like Christian Watson. He's a great consolation prize, but George Pickens mm-hmm. is like top ten in the KCSN draft guide. 
I mean, George Pickens, I, I think that the part that people think about Pickens is he's just this big physical dude that kind of works on the linear plane. George Pickens is excellent at setting up cornerbacks, getting in their blind spots, breaking off routes, you know, kind of in their blind spot. He he does things that guys like Stefan Diggs really master and manipulate cornerbacks. And people don't give him enough flowers for that aspect of his game. So when we talk about Pickens and stuff like that, people maybe saw him at the end of last year where he's coming back from an injury and they're just like, yeah, I don't, I don't get this guy. I don't, I don't understand what it is. Look go back and see. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go can't. Yeah. Well, Stetson Bennett's his quarterback. <laughs> I mean, I saw someone telling a joke like Stetson Bennett's going to be catching passes from Mac Jones in the slot, New England next year uh, or in a couple years. I just like, Stetson Bennett can't utilize George Pickens the way he should be used, but you saw flashes of his ability, his elite catch radius, um, his ability to go up and win the ball. And yeah, he's a lot more nuanced as a route runner, as a receiver than people want to give a him credit for. Mm-hmm. He's an exception. He's really, I mean, he's a great athlete, big body guy. If he didn't tear his ACL, we'd be talking about him as wide receiver one clear cut. So yeah. I think he's going to wind up up there. I don't think he's going to be at 30. I think I've said that before. I think I said that today on the show. Yeah. Uh, the Abe Froman, what has been your proudest moment since you launched KCSN, and what are you looking forward to the most in the next season? I will start. It's it's all the charity stuff. Uh, that stuff, uh, you know, it is awesome to get to interact with all of you. That building this community has been phenomenal, and I have loved every element of that. But one of the things that I think is the most important part of this. We all made a concerted effort from the start that charity was going to be a a major aspect of this through feed it forward through the toy drive, you know, donating books. We, the operation holiday, it, it just, everything that we've done from that point is just so satisfying to see that work because I mean, we're a bunch of dudes sitting around here doing podcasts. Like we, we are like that. That's what this is. And so to be able to turn that around into something that's, you know, actually helping people, not, you know, just, you know, people sitting around listening to us, turn around and actually benefit, benefiting people, helping people live their lives, helping the quality of life of people change is just otherworldly to me. Like that, that's using powers for good. And so that's the part of this that I will always think is my favorite part. And I will always be looking forward to mo- to the most of anything that we're doing, regardless of how awesome it is. So, yeah. Yeah. If you, uh, <clears throat> if you ever get a chance to go to operation breakthrough, mm-hmm. uh, do it, try to go visit. It'll kind of just give you perspective and getting to be part of like the toy drive for that. Like, yeah, that was that was a yeah, that was a pretty unique moment for I think all of us and like getting to do cool stuff with what we're building at KCSN beyond just like, you know, building talking about the Chiefs. It's been a really special thing and I think honestly like, you know, like I getting to do it with these guys, you know, and I think the response to all the stuff we've gotten to do, like I think it's all been pretty surreal for all of us. <laughs> so uh I don't know. It's just fun to do it with these guys. Like I, we kind of said, like you know, this time last year, you know, we were mulling over leaving and all this stuff, and like 
I don't know. It's just cool to see that we've been able to all do it together, you know, uh, with by, this group. By, so. by these guys, you mean DJ, right? DJ and, oh, Mike yes. and Jeff and Matt. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. That's, that's who these guys are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> A bunch of former Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's who we yeah. met. Uh, just DRK, can you guys sing a duet? Uh, we need to plan this, Craig. And maybe like next time we are together, we will do. I will. I will jump in and do the intro with you, and I will it, sing. He on. suggested maybe "Endless Love" by Diana Ross and Lionel Richie. Uh, we can't do that because both of us are going to fight for the Diana Ross part. That's true. <laughs> That's a fact. We. I will do. I will say this: the next time me and Craig are together, I will do a duet with him to intro the twenty-one questions. You show. don't know this. None of you know this, but Kent's the best singer. Of anybody in the KCSN community, not them, know, maybe Craig. not community, but it, it, within the hosts, I I have some I have some chops from specific uh, karaoke songs. Uh, Meet Sorcerer asks. Uh, besides, I he's he might be asking why he has the best name on the Discord. I don't know. Uh, which away game on the schedule is the most intriguing for you, and which home game is the most intriguing for you? I mean, the Germany game against the Bucks yep. is the most intriguing <laughs> yep. away game. That's going to be well, so if it's, awesome. If it's if it is the Bucks, I think it's it's not for sure that it's the Bucks. It's oh, very likely. Yeah, no, it's not for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Who there's knows? like it's just weird. There's like tweets. It's like there's like uh, was it like Tim Grudhard that was basically like, yeah, <laughs> yep, we're going. <laughs> yep, it's happening. He That's like what's leaked happening. it, yeah, and it's I not know. really got a ton of traction. But he's like, yep, we're going. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that's the the one for the away games, home games. Man, this it that's tough because like I think it's a it's I an think it's the Bills here. You think I it's think the it's Bills? the Bills game? I think it's the Chargers. I think it's the Chargers Ooh. for me. I I I think that's going to test their metal. Uh, I I think that uh, yeah, I think it's the Chargers. Uh, B Hudson, top three favorite beers or mixed drinks. Uh. Hashtag Macadoodles. Just give me one, Craig. I, I can't. No, I can't. Heady Topper by The Alchemist out of Vermont. It's one of my very favorite all-time beers. I can't have it nearly enough. I uh, I love a good old-fashioned. And I can't wait to have the, uh, the bourbon from Holiday Distillery in my old-fashioned. I'm so excited about that. We have had. What do you mean you can't wait? We've had one in an old. We have. (laughs) (laughs) There, yeah, they pulled a couple barrels at five years, I believe, and uh, mercy. Yeah, it was. I cannot wait. Um, Jacob M, what is the go-to song for karaoke night? Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with one. I I do like uh, uh, no diggity. I can do all the parts for no diggity by Blackstreet. Okay, that's the one I'm gonna talk about. I already did it. it. It was Macy Gray. I did it a few weeks back. So y- y'all got to hear it. That's so, the yeah. one I heard. Yeah, that, is that the was one the one heard. I heard the other day. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. Uh, I've sang some Lonely Island before, too. Mm-hmm. KC from KC. What's your take on Alex Pierce? Chris Sims had a glowing assessment. Chris Sims had a very glowing assessment. He called him like the best route runner in this draft. I okay. cannot go there. Okay. Um. <laughs> I am not there, but Alec Pierce is a very good receiver. Like, I think he might. Here's the okay. I know I'm sidebarring. I'd always say, here's the interesting thing when I sidebar. It's just my thing. Um, so I keep talking about a lot of these receivers, and I'm like, ah, oh, he'll probably go day two, or he'll probably go top 
he'll probably go round two. Oh, like because like I think Alec Pierce is a guy that absolutely could go earlier than pick sixty four. But like, there's so many receivers that could go before pick sixty four mm-hmm. that like that's where like that's where I kind of talk myself out of trading back. Alec Pierce has the talent to be a top sixty four pick. If anybody takes Alec Pierce in the top fifty, I get it because he's this big physical guy. He's a good route runner. He's a capable route runner. He's a guy that can win the ball in the air. Physical profile, everything. He's checked a lot of boxes. Had a good senior bowl. Um, I don't think he's the best route runner in in this class. But if you told me that someone took him top fifty, I'm not going to think. I'm not going to think anything less of them. I mean, yeah, we got all this Christian Watson hype for and for good reason. Don't get me wrong, Christian Watson. It should be ranked above Pierce, but like he's just as deserving of this you know early round two hype he really is he's got a profile that you can kind of count on to succeed in the nfl he makes contested catches he has a route tree that he runs already not just a limited guy so from all those perspectives oh yeah and he's played within a mostly pro style offense with desmond ritter in cincinnati so like you can trust that he's going to translate quickly so yeah no he makes a lot of sense there's just there's how many other dudes in front of him that you look at and you're like, okay, I get why that's in front of him and I get why he's in front of him and I get why he, and then all of a sudden you end up with him at the back end of round two, like a chance for you to maybe catch a prospect that, you know, you can rely on to come in and play some quicker snaps and maybe some other developmental guys. All right. Zach Eisen asks, does letting Tyron and Sorensen walk make you feel good about the team's confidence in Juan Thornhill? Um, can I go first? Yeah, you, you go first. Some takes. Yeah. I, I am one of the biggest Juan Thornhill stands. I was one of the biggest Juan Thornhill stands. I think we all were when they when they when mm-hmm. the um you know when the we were draft fine, guy we released. Were fine we with had, them in the first round. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um pre-injury Juan Thornhill was looking like a outstanding, like we're as hyped about him as we are about Legarius Sneed type guy. Mm-hmm. Um I'm 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 not there anymore. I don't have a ton of confidence. I don't think Juan Thornhill is getting a second contract from this football team. I think he's a guy that you let walk, and it's a disappointment because I mean he was playing at such a high high level, um, you know, before that injury. He's really coming on strong. You thought, hey, this is going to be the the Tyron Matthew Juan Thornhill battery is going to be one of the best in football, and then it just never materialized after that injury. And I don't really have a ton of confidence. He's a fine rotational player. But yeah, I, I, they just signed Justin Reed, so mm-hmm. I think that tells you what they think about Juan Thornhill more than just the Tyron Sorensen situation. Yeah, I I think that Tyron wanted maybe a little more, whether it's the green dot, whether it's salary, whether it's something that the Chiefs weren't quite willing to give him. Dan Sorensen, it was time. It's time to move on. I don't know that that's an impact by Juan. Obviously it is. Juan's there and they feel confident in his ability to at least play the snaps, but I don't know that it's, oh, Juan is so good that Dan is no longer needed anymore. I will say this. Juan Thornhill, guy that's coming off of an injury like that, coming off of a knee injury late, it does take time to get back into the swing of things. We are now very far removed from that and we're not seeing some of the things, some of the explosion that we had seen before. And that's the part that's a little bit 
concerning because we love Juan. We want Juan to be successful. He's so fun to watch when he's healthy. So maybe, maybe you can look at it through the lens of his training regiment. They feel confident in what he's going to do this offseason to get back, recapture some of that explosion because if that's there, Holy cow, they've got some explosion and speed in the back end of this defense again. If he plays like that, yes, he will earn a second contract. He will be part of the core going forwards. But if we see more of what we saw last season, I, I, I don't think that they're going to, I don't think they're going to extend one. Just, and it's sad. So, yeah, yeah he's going to be a one contract player in oh, Kansas no. City. Man. No Chicken Tonight asks, what's the total number of players the Chiefs end up drafting? I'm going eight. Give me eight. Uh, that would be two more than Brett Veach has ever taken. He, like I think I've said this a couple of times. He's taken exactly six players every single draft. I will be stunned if he does that this year because that means he'd be moving on from half of his draft cap or half of his draft picks. Yeah. I just, just, there's just no chance. It's got to be mean, more than six this year. What, what do you get if you bundle three sevens together? A sixth? You still have nine picks. Yeah, well, and you're still and getting then, a pick back. And then you're trading. And then you're trading up in the first. And then you're trading let's up do, in the third. Let's play a game. Let's play a game called How Can Brett Beach Make Exactly Six Picks in This Draft? He oh. trades away. He trades away uh, one. Oh, pick. we're playing it right now. I thought you were going to task yeah, our quick. listeners with this. No, he plays. He trades one pick for James Bradbury. Okay, so uh -huh. we're down to eleven. He packages three sevens for a for pick 190 okay? okay so now we're sitting at okay so we're out of we'll say we're out of sevens uh -huh. and now we have a sixth so we're at nine picks now <laughs> uh, trading up for jermaine johnson okay so to do it. two first for jermaine johnson so now we're at eight picks oh okay yeah because you two for one yeah two for one that's fine uh okay uh he trades he trades uh 40 and 135 for uh, uh, uh the 78th pick in the draft or he tr sorry 94 and 135 for the 78th pick in the draft okay so now we're at seven and yeah, no, they're trading the fourth round pick for lavisca chanel there, there you go okay there's just that's it <laughs> there we go three for one pick swap to get down to six love it <laughs> okay uh okay do you all right so sean h uh do you feel that legeris sneed and juan thornhill are blue chip defensive backs that veach sees as building blocks for the secondary going forward so same kind of vein let's just make it specifically about legerius on this one yeah i think that legerius is i think he's got the versatility to play inside and out i once again i like him better on the boundary i i think he's a really good slot defender and i love his blitzing ability there i just think that it's cheaper and maybe a little easier to find guys that can play in the slot there. Put him on the boundary where teams are clearly loading up to try and throw contested catch balls. We talked about it earlier. Legereus Sneed's the type of guy that can go up and eliminate those. And if he's going to be that guy with better safety play behind him, he's just going to be an even better player on the boundary. I think we start talking about him if they get a slot guy. I think we start talking about him once again as one of those future really blue chip developing players if he gets to play on the boundary full time. You want to talk about someone that could get a contract? Oh yeah. Well Jerry Sneak pay him early. He starts looking good. Pay him early. Yep. 
DSM Derek, what hair advice would Kent give Craig? Grow some. That is going to do it for 21 questions. Thank you guys so, so much for subscribing, for supporting KC Sports Network, for asking wonderful questions. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate it. It's been a wonderful year, and it's not even over yet. Your one's not even quite done, uh, but we, uh, we, we can't tell you how much all this means to us. Thank you again. We'll catch you later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.